1: Welcome back to the final four It's not on the schedule He is Rod, I am Cameron And we are back for round two with Wisconsin uh, This time they'll have Tyler Wall Although they'll be at home uh, For this one uh, Rod, Wisconsin's 18-4 and 9-3 and three in the Big Ten um, They had a close game against Penn State the other day that they were able to hold them off, fifty-one to forty-nine. Um, I've had one loss since Michigan State to Illinois. Um, what what are we looking at with uh, well
0: Wisconsin I, now? I, I think that last week, and and this is all relative, of course. Wisconsin's going to be an NCAA tournament team. I feel reasonably safe in suggesting that they're going to finish in the top five in the big 10. I I think that top five is kind of locked. I, after, after seeing Indiana lose at home to Illinois, I, I I just don't, they were the one team that I thought might have a chance to break through Mm -hmm. into that group. I don't think it's happening. So everything I'm about to say is relative. Wisconsin is having a good year, but I have felt for a while that uh, they were a bit overrated in terms of how it's a funny thing because oftentimes in the past, Wisconsin, I'm talking like the Bo Ryan era primarily, Mm -hmm. they got a lot of love from the metric systems, RPI, especially Ken Palm. They were Ken Palm darling for a long, long time. And people, national writers who would utilize the eye test a little more whenever that impressed with them. Uh, this team is kind of the flip side of that. I feel like, and the last week changed it a little bit. I think you're going to start seeing the more ridiculous talk fading on them. Mm-hmm. But there were some guys, guys who were good. I'm not talking jokes. You know, Mike deCourcy at the Sporting News, who I think is really, really good. He had them two weeks ago. He had them as a one seed, and I think he had them as a two seed last, going in the last week. Jeez. That was ridiculous then, and and now, it, it, when you see the week they had, they barely beat Penn State. I believe in Madison, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd have to look to see where that game was played. But the big one to me was going on the road to Champaign and just getting smacked. Mm-hmm. You know, they they didn't have to win that game. In fact, it would have been a tall order to win it. But. You, you need to be competitive, I think, in that game if you're gonna prove that you really belong in discussion at the levels that they were being discussed by and, and honestly that they're they're standing in the metric systems in, in Ken Palm and in the net has never had them in that one two seed discussion. Not even close. Yeah. And I understand they're they're a tough team to evaluate. I, I heard DeCourcy defend himself. And his defense was well the metric systems aren't the only thing that goes into seating. It's also about resume. And their resume is good. They've got some impressive wins. Their win against Houston when Houston was full strength was impressive. But I just I I, I think by the time we get to selection Sunday, Wisconsin is going to slot in as more or less the fifth best team in the big 10. And, and I think this week provided more support for the position I've had for a while, which is they're a good team. They're not a very good team. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So uh, they're measurables 31st in Ken Palm, uh, Michigan state's 22. Um, so 20th in the net MSU is 24th. Um, so they get 52 on offense, 37 on defense.
0: Yeah, and the offense has taken a big dive yeah. since the first the first meeting, like about thirty spots, which tells you, and and that's not surprising to me. And the reason I say that is, what I felt all along when I looked at that team. Okay, Johnny Davis having a great year, although he's been in relatively a bit of a slump lately. Mm-hmm. I, I use that word relatively advisedly. It's not that he's fallen off a cliff, but he hasn't been quite as good as he was. And then from there, you go to Brad Davison, who's a solid player. But if he's your number two scorer, I'm not sure how good your offense is. You know, and then you go from there to Tyler Wall, who's had a really nice season. But, you know, again, if he's your number three scorer, how good are you Mm -hmm. offensively? And then it just goes from there. They, I've never felt convinced this season that there was enough behind Davis to really make this, or behind Davis and Davison, if you want to give them credit for Davison as a number two guy. I've never felt they had enough to really warrant being taken seriously as a, a really good offensive team. So I think where they sit right now in Ken Palm is reflective of what I actually think they're – They've really got Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, still a great uh, turnover team first in the country, a turnover percentage on, on offense. Um, So they're taking
0: care of the ball still. Um, And that, and that's the thing. If they didn't have that, this offense would rate way worse. Yeah. It's, it's where it is largely because of that one area. They don't kick the ball around. They get shots up. Mm Mm-hmm. If they didn't have that, forget it.
1: Yeah, because they're not really a a great shooting team. They're only hitting 31% from three, which is 277th in the country, and 257 from two, uh,
0: with a sub 50% mark. Yep. Yeah. They're just, they're not a good shooting team. Even, Even their two greatest, their two best scorers, Davis and Davison, are decent three point shooters, but not great ones. Mm-hmm. They don't have they don't have anybody, I don't think in their playing group who's a plus forty percent guy from three. So that that's a bit of a problem, um, and especially when the highest volume guys are good but not great. You know, Davis is down to I think thirty four percent. He's been in a little bit of a slump. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. This is this is not a team that really scares you with what they do offensively.
1: Yeah, and uh offensive rebounding they're 230th. Uh, yep. They shoot uh, free throws uh, well 50 they're 75%, but they're not really getting there a whole lot and that's declined quite a bit.
0: Yeah, since so we're talking about uh, roughly Four about games? a three-week period. Yeah, yeah cuz it was unless you played them on when was the game? Was it the 21st? The- yeah, that sounds about right. They've the had first four one, four games since then. Yeah, so over four games, they've gone from 80th in the country in free throw attempts divided by field goal attempts, which is a crude but decent measure of how of how often you get to the line. They've gone from 80th to 160. They've fallen wow. 80 spots. So that just means they haven't shot free throws pretty much at all mm-hmm. in those four games. But again, not. Not terribly surprising to me. I mean, Wisconsin's Wisconsin style over the years. You understand they don't get called for a lot of fouls on the defensive side. You know they don't commit a lot of fouls, and that's been a pretty consistent thing. And it's it's the case largely this year too. Uh, but offensively, they've never been the kind of offense that's you know they they don't typically have penetrating guards. When I look at this team. Other than Davis, Davis is the one guy you look at and say, all right, that guy could be a bit of a foul Mm magnet because he's, he's athletic. He's got a handle. He can shoot. So you have to respect him out, uh, out high. And then he'd go by you and cause problems. Uh, He can finish shoot contact at the rim and he'll attract contact. So he's one guy, but other than that, they don't really have guys who play that way. Mm -hmm. So the, the fact that they were 80th at one point was kind of surprising to me. They're settling into a spot now, which I think is probably more realistic.
1: Yeah. Uh, on defense, they're sort of, they don't do anything great necessarily. Everything's just kind of decent. 50th in defensive rebounding, which is the strength. Uh, 78th in free throw attempts. 146 in effective field goal percentage.
0: Yeah. Uh, solid, but nothing you hang your hat on Mm -hmm. you know uh not great in any one area and and that's except for one which we'll talk about but even that hasn't been quite as good lately
1: yeah the free throw percentage uh number 12th in the country in in opponents field goal percentage at only 65 percent which is strange uh
0: but they are shooting uh,
1: better now yeah 2.6
0: better yeah uh, opponents are shooting 2.6 percent better at the line um, or the the total has gone up 2.6%. So opponents have actually been shooting better than that lately yeah. to get it to rise that much. Uh, that's inevitable. I mean, that's a completely a luck stat. It's got nothing to do with anything that you're doing as a team. And I think we talked about that. You know, Wisconsin, and, and honestly, you could say even this weekend, though, yet again, they win a very tight game. They beat Penn State by two they've had a remarkable record in close games and they've played a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason I think they've come out on top in a lot of those relates to the free throw difference. You know, they were getting there a lot, relatively speaking and hitting them and they weren't putting teams on the line very much. And then when teams did get there, they weren't hitting them. That can be enough to swing close games. Yeah. You know, a three or four difference. points here and there. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And, and, uh, I think that may be starting to sort out now, both at both Mm ends. Uh,
1: so yeah, in terms of pace, slightly faster than a typical Wisconsin team, but still pretty slow, 195th overall in tempo, 218th in uh, offensive.
0: Yeah. You know, by Wisconsin standards, they're flying, but, um, but you know, and it's a funny thing and it's something that I haven't seen many, uh, many national or even like big 10 network commentators talk about pace of play among big 10 teams this year has been different than we're used to seeing. We are used to seeing most teams in this conference, Michigan state and Iowa generally be the exceptions. We are used to seeing a lot of big 10 teams in the, high two hundred, sometimes even the 300s. Wisconsin would be there, but lots of others would be there. This year, it's been – I'm not saying you don't have slow-paced teams. Minnesota's very slow. Um, there are some others. But, you know, Northwestern plays really fast. Um, Illinois plays relatively fast at times. You know, it's been surprising to see the Big Ten at least – a little faster than we're used to seeing, and Wisconsin is kind of reflective of that. Not as slow as they used to be. hmm Not fast, but not as slow as they used to be. Yeah.
1: Uh so we look at their starters, Brad Davison, uh six three super senior, fifteen points a game, which is a career high, forty from the floor, thirty seven and eighty six. Now he did get off six for ten from three in the first game against Michigan State. He did for twenty two.
0: He was he was the guy who really uh, hurt MSU and was the only reason they were at all in the ball game mm-hmm. um, to the extent that they were in the first meeting in uh, my you know, my memory I haven't gone through the stats my recollection is that he's played pretty decently against MSU over his career so that shouldn't be a surprise to see him shoot well yeah. and he's obviously that was a little bit of an outsized game for from him mm-hmm. you know 37% on the year and the guy goes not just 60% but 6 for 10 he took a lot of them yeah uh that that's a little unusual but uh you know he's he's just a slightly more impactful version of what he's he's been uh throughout his career which is really down to the fact that they just need him to to shoot more mm-hmm. you know that's why his scoring numbers are up when you look at his efficiency He's largely the same guy he's been, and that's that's good and bad. It's good because he's a, he's a good, solid player. You know, 15 points a game, shooting numbers are decent, decent playmaker, decent defender. You know, he does a lot of positive things for them. The bad news is, and I think I said this before our last uh, Wisconsin preview, I was convinced seeing him as a freshman, and I don't know how well people remember it, That was the year, I believe, that Wisconsin broke their tournament streak. They got hit with a lot of injuries. yeah, And and Davison ended up having to really carry them as a freshman. They just didn't have a lot of guys healthy. And he played a lot of minutes, took a lot of shots, had to be the guy, and he played really well. Mm -hmm. I thought for sure, okay, this is going to be the next Wisconsin guy that by the time he's a junior is just going to be a gigantic pain in the ass. And he was but not for the reasons I thought he was pain in the ass because of the cheap shot stuff uh-huh. that he does, the gamesmanship garbage that he rolls out. He never quite developed into a great player. He got here and right away was good. And he just stayed there. It's in one sense. I mean, you have to, you have to admire him. He's had a remarkably consistent career mm-hmm. and a good one, you know, cause he was good all the way along, but, I just think I know from an outside perspective, I thought when he came in, he had a chance to be really, really good. And he never quite got to that level. Um, I don't know how Wisconsin fans feel about that, but that's how I see it. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, And then Chucky Hepburn, um, 6'2 freshman from Nebraska. He's started every game for them, 7.4 points a game. Uh, He's third in assists. Uh, with just one behind davison 38 33 and 79 kind of lost
0: in that first game though he didn't do much i think he hit a three and then just kind of disappeared yeah uh he he shot the three a little better lately his percentage has gone up about four points since the first msu game um you know I, i think he's i think he's okay I just, he hasn't, I, sometimes I, I'll watch the occasional game of theirs and every once in a while I'll hear somebody gush about him. And I I guess because he's a freshman, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I To me, he, he's a guy, you know? I mean, he's okay. He's not hurting you out there. And they certainly need somebody to play those minutes. But um, I haven't seen signs yet that, that tell me, oh, this is somebody to watch out for as a breakthrough player down the line. I don't know if I believe that just yet. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, And then Johnny Davis, 6'6 sophomore, um, averaging 20.6 points a game, 8.3 rebounds, both highs uh, for for Wisconsin.
0: 42-34 from 3 and 78 from the line. Yeah, as I mentioned, he's had a little bit of a relative slump. Mm -hmm. All his shooting numbers have declined a little bit by about two points since the first msu game msu did a pretty good job on him too if you remember yeah his scoring average has dipped from 22 points a game to 20.6 so he's lost about a point and a half over these last four games or so uh i think that two weeks ago or three weeks ago people were talking about him as not just the leading contender for big 10 player of the year, but maybe the guy for national player of the year. I think a lot of that talk has declined lately. Mm -hmm. You're seeing other guys. Kofi Coburn has gone on a roll. So he's kind of replaced Davis in those discussions from the big 10. So you're not quite hearing that same level of talk around Johnny Davis, but make no mistake. Still a very, very good player, a very difficult cover Michigan state. Did a really nice job on him in that first game. Um, it's going to be a challenge again. Mm-hmm. You know, Gabe Brown and Max Christie are going to have their hands full. Um, and they're going to have to guard him because this one, they're, they're not going to have any option to maybe, you know, sneak Malik Hall for a few minutes on him. I, I don't see that, not with Wall out there. Mm-hmm.
1: And so. is this a, a byproduct of the scouting report sort of catching up to him. I mean, cause he just kind of came out of nowhere to start this. I season.
0: just, I think it's, you know, I think it's a little bit of that. I think it's also that he was playing so well that it's not unusual or sup- shouldn't be surprising to see some of that performance decline a little bit, you know, keeping in mind, he's still a sophomore. Yeah. So, you know, we're in early February still, he could find another gear and get back up to that same level. He was at previously as we get into the, the back part of the schedule here, mm. that also would not be surprising. I think they ask a lot of him and that too can have an effect when you've got so much on your shoulders offensively. He's also their leader and assist, by the way, he's their leading scorer, rebounder and assist guy. Jeez, Not a lot of guys do that. So putting all of that pressure on a sophomore, wasn't in anywhere near that kind of role as a freshman that's all a lot and so it wouldn't be surprising to see that have an effect as we go along but it also wouldn't be surprising to me to see him find himself again and and improve his play uh from here as as we go into the back part of the schedule i think that's also possible Mm -hmm. he's he's a very difficult cover there's there's no two ways about it because he's just got a combination of athletic ability and strength and shot making that, that he's a, they make him a very, very difficult cover.
1: Uh, and then a Tyler wall, six, eight junior would um, be interesting to see how they play this when He wasn't in the first one, 11 points a game, 5.9 rebounds, 52, only 11% from three uh, and 71 from the line.
0: Yeah. He's, he's a really tough, He's a tougher cover than you'd think inside. I mean, I've watched him just back guys down in the paint, like old school Wisconsin post play mm-hmm. and be really effective doing it. Uh, if he was, if he had any kind of jumper, he'd be really dangerous. He does not. Uh, so that's put a little bit of a limiter on him offensively, but he is a tough cover where I think he could matter in this game, rather the first one, of course he did not play is that Wisconsin had no answer, really, for Malik Hall. Yeah. They were in a very difficult spot because the the guys they tried to cover him with, you know, if they went big with guys like Carlson, their offense kind of bogged down. And then when they tried to go smaller, Malik just took advantage of those guys inside. If you remember, he had a few buckets in that game where he just backed people down yeah. and just took them physically. Uh, that's going to be a lot harder to do with Wall. I think Wall makes a bigger – he can contribute offensively, but he makes a bigger difference on the defensive end in this game because he's just a much – he's a good physical match for the guys MSU will play, and he do, he helps them offensively too mm-hmm. so they don't lose anything. you know. So that's a big difference from the first game that they're going to have him.
1: Yeah, because they got some – they got a lot of big guys, but not that many – like four type guys, six, eight, you
0: know. right. He's uh, really it. That's exactly right.
1: And then Stephen Kroll, seven foot sophomore, uh, averaging 9.1 points a game, 4.4 rebounds, 48, 32 and 79. Um, I, I, you and he know, was I hitting like, some threes against Penn state. They were leaving him wide open.
0: Yeah. He, I like him. I mean, I do think he's a sophomore. I think that, uh, He's going to be, as an upperclassman, he's going to be one of these Wisconsin bigs that, you know, everybody hates playing against because mm-hmm. he's big enough to do damage inside, but he can stretch the floor. He needs to get a little more consistent with the jumper, but I think there are signs that it's reasonable to expect he will get better Yeah, from there. 32% right now wouldn't surprise me if he gets up into being, you know, Maybe a high 30s guy. Who knows? I might even be underselling him with that. Mm-hmm. But I think he's, he's definitely separate. Coming into this season, there was a big question as to what Wisconsin would do because they had a couple of sophomores. He beat one of them, Carlson the other. And then they had a transfer in Chris Vote. And it was unclear like which of those guys was the best option. Well, I think Crow has clearly separated himself out. He's the best option for them now, and I think he's a guy that potentially could be a good player for them down the line. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so then off the bench, vote 7-foot transfer from Cincinnati, 2.5 points a game, 3.5 rebounds, 41% from the field, 63 from the line in 13 minutes.
0: Yeah, his, his minutes have slightly declined since the first game, uh, but he's still a key factor for them because what he brings to the table is a a type of physicality, a physical presence, that their other guys don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Carlson and um, and uh, their starter, Kroll, cool. don't don't really play physically the way Boat does. He can mm-hmm. he can kind of lay a bite. He's a little stronger, a little bulkier, could lay a body on people in the way the other two guys don't. Mm-hmm. So there's a role for that.
1: Uh, and then Lauren Bowman, 6-1 freshman from Detroit, uh, 3.3 points, 37 41 from the 3 and 52 from the line.
0: Yeah, his his three-point shooting has gone down a little bit over this since the first game because he's been taking more shots, but it's still pretty good. I've been surprised because I never found him to be a particularly reliable shooter when I watched him in high school and AAU. I saw him play a, a few times. Uh, but Um, he's been a little bit of a three point booster off the bench for a team that really needs it. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, and then there, I mean, (laughs) other than Davis and Davidson, a lot of these guys really didn't do a whole lot in the first game. Jacoby Uh, Neath, six, four transfer from Wake Forest, uh, 1.8 points a game, eight minutes, 29, 30 and 67.
0: Yeah, he was one of the guys that they tried to have cover Malik Hall, and he got victimized. I, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, uh, just not just not big enough. Uh, but in this game with Wall in there, he shouldn't have to do any of that. They should be able to play him on the wing, and and you know what he gives them is a little more size. This is not a team, you know. If you look at Davison, is physically decently strong, but he's about six three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bowman plays off the bench and is about six one. So there's a need for a guy with some size on the wing uh, for certain matchups, and that that's the role he's filling this year. Yeah, uh,
1: and then Ben Carlson, six nine sophomore, one point nine points a game, two rebounds in ten minutes, thirty two from the floor, one for eighteen from three. Uh, was that
0: against Michigan State? <laughs> I was I was wondering who. I think the make came against MSU. It I'm did, sure yeah. That. He was he one was, for three. Because okay. he was 0 for 11 coming into that game, and so he's one for seven since then with the make coming against MSU. Goes to show you. Yeah, that look, he, when he came in, he came in the same class with Kroll. And they were guys with similar makeups. Both had reputations as players who could emerge as stretch bigs. Um, crawls a little bigger Carlson, six, nine crawls, seven footer. Uh, but the bottom line for Ben Carlson is if he's going to be a guy who's ever a starter at Wisconsin, he's going to have to shoot better than that. That just one for 18 is not going to cut it with who he is as a player. Mm-hmm. It's just not.
1: Yep. Uh, and then Jordan Davis, Johnny's twin, six, four sophomore, 1.1 points a game, five minutes, uh, 42 from the, floor 42 from three um but he only got one minute in the first one against
0: MSU yeah and and he's been you know it is his playing time is kind of up and down never big minutes but sometimes it's more than others uh not nearly the player his twin is it's a very similar situation to the Murray twins in Iowa where one is clearly better than the other Mm -hmm. um although the other Murray has had at least one game where it was a breakout where this Davis has not Um, you know, when I've seen him play, I've thought, well, that looks like a guy that can help you in the rotation because physically he has some of the same tools. I think he's a little shorter. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's only maybe six, four, where his brother is six, six, but you know, they look the same physically, pretty similar. He's a decent athlete, you know, strong. So I wouldn't rule out that he's able to be a help for them in the future. It's just, he's not playing a big role right now. Yeah. Uh, and then
1: the other guy that gets some minutes, Carter Gilmore, six seven, uh, sophomore walk on, uh, gets about eight or nine minutes a game, one point one rebound.
0: Yeah, similar to Wall in that uh, you know comes in without a lot of fanfare, but Wisconsin's had a lot of guys like this where they just end up emerging. Um, like Wall, he seems to have when I've seen him play. I've been impressed by the motor. He plays hard. He's flying around, seems to try and make things happen. He's just not yet dialed in, really, as a player. If you remember, there was a play in that game in Madison. This is the one thing I remember about his game, where they were pushing the ball, and I think Hepburn made a pass because he expected Gilmore to keep running, and Gilmore pulled up. And mm. Greg Gard gave it to him on the sideline that you can't do that. Yeah. Um, if we're in transition, you got to keep running your lane. And that's just an example. I don't think he's fully dialed in yet, but I, the energy level is good. And, and I won't be surprised if he's a guy who consistently plays minutes for them over the next few years. Cause he's doing that now.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so we look at the keys rebounding. Uh, I mean, Michigan state, this was a game where they really showed up
0: on the boards. Yeah,
1: and it hasn't really lasted m- much past that, <laughs> barring the. Well, Illinois they were game. good. They
0: were good at the next game against Illinois uh, without Coburn. Mm-hmm. But I still, even without Coburn, that was that was important and an impressive showing. And then since then, it's been right back to a problem. Yeah, it's somehow they've got to stop it, and primarily we're talking about defensive rebounding. They've got to cut that off. And it's going to matter here. Wisconsin comes in, 230 in the nation, offensive rebounding percentage. They're not good, but that has not mattered. Mm-hmm. And Michigan State needs to find a mindset, because I think that's really what it is. This isn't technique. This isn't, oh, they're too small. It's a, they've got to have a mindset whereby they're saying to themselves and to each other, we're not letting them get offensive rebounds. They're not getting second chances mm-hmm. and, and play that way.
1: And that'll be a, an area where having wall helps them.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's another guy. Yeah, absolutely. It's another guy who's got a big body, a big ish body who will, who's active. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another guy they got to worry about.
1: Uh, so the second key turnovers,
0: yeah, it. They did a pretty decent job in the first game. Uh, need to do that again, especially if you know we we can't count automatically on rebounding being there. They've got to find a way to at least keep the turnover differential relatively limited. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the Wisconsin's the best there is at limiting their own mistakes. So, you know, going in, they are not going to kick it around much. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: And then um, shooting is the third key.
0: Yeah. You know, even it's funny. The one game that shooting really didn't show up for Michigan State was uh, was at Illinois and it cost them Mm -hmm. because they did some other things while they rebounded. Well, they played pretty good defense. uh, They just didn't hit enough shots. On that day, generally speaking, we know this is. I mean, geez, even in that debacle of a loss to Rutgers, Michigan State shot the three well, yeah, really well. So we know this is who they are. They are a very good shooting team. Hopefully, Gabe Brown has broken through mm-hmm. and and now can be reliable. I'm not expected six for seven every time out, but can can you know give them his reliable three for seven, four for eight, those kind of performances. Um, but it, it's going to matter in a game like this, Michigan state has got to be Michigan state. They got to hit some shots. Yep. They're
1: still hanging up there. Eight, eighth in the country in three point percentage.
0: Yeah. Well, it's been, again, it's been very remarkably consistent.
1: Uh, the two point percentage is, is slipped quite a bit. One hundred and fifty seventh in the country for Michigan. Yeah. State well, t's. and
0: not, not surprising. That's why I'm emphasizing the three, because that's been reliable. Mm-hmm. The two-point shooting, not as reliable. And the reason I say that is not surprising. Is If you think about it, post-play has been very limited. You know, they've had games where Malik Hall's given them something down there. Kind of been about, you know, they'll get a bucket or two out of Julius Marble. You know, maybe Markey gives them a bucket or two, but not a lot in terms of post-play, so you don't mm-hmm. have that their finishing on penetration has not been great. Tyson Walker has not been a very, he's been very good from three. He's not been very good at the rim. Um, Holgard lately has not done as much. I don't think of that. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I mean, lately a, a little over a week ago, he was really good against Michigan, but you know, last couple of games, he hasn't done much in the way of finishing. Um, And they don't really have anybody else that does that kind of thing consistently, right? Yeah. Transition, when the transition game's going well, yeah, they'll get some dunks and and layups that way. But they will have games like against Rutgers and and like against Maryland, honestly, where they just were not able to run much at all. So it's not surprising to me. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Yeah, that's the fourth key, transition. Because they did yeah. get a, some, a, quite a bit done against Wisconsin.
0: Shockingly. Yeah. You, just, you never expect Wisconsin to give that up. And look, I'm positive that is going to be job one for Greg Gard, uh, that there is no repeat of that first game. But because that first game happened, if you're MSU, you have to think, okay, there's at least a chance that if we can control the defensive boards, uh, we'll have opportunities to run. And that would be nice. That would be important. this is not a vintage Wisconsin defensive team, but anytime you get a chance for easy baskets, that's you know that's a big positive for MSU. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and then the fifth key is energy.
0: Well, it, look, I mean, it, at a certain point in the Rutgers game, that's what was lacking. Yeah, you know, it's it's really the first time all year I can I felt like, hey, they just. They're just not matching. Maybe you could argue that Northwestern loss was the yeah. other example yeah. where you just feel like the other team is just playing more physically with more energy. They're quicker to loose balls. They're quicker to rebounds. They just want it more. They're playing harder. You know, I'll trot out all the cliches, but mm-hmm. if you watch the game, you know that there was truth to that. Now, we can discuss why that was the case, but I don't think the, the reality of it is in question. So you can figure that, look, Wisconsin is in essentially the same situation right now that Michigan state is. They are still very much in the picture for a big 10 title. And they are still in a spot where they are thinking, you know, that if things break the right way, they could be playing for a very good seed Mm -hmm. come March. You know, all those things are still in the mix for Wisconsin, just as they are for Michigan state. They're very similar spots. So I would expect, and they lost that first game. So I would expect them to be coming in and playing very, very hard. Mm -hmm. And Michigan State is going to have to match that. Now, the difference between this and Rutgers is they're at home. So there's really no excuse for not finding it within themselves to match that energy level, that physicality, that toughness, all of those things. But they need to do it. I, I don't think that this team... I had this discussion on the Spartan Mag board. Somebody was talking about how they didn't feel this team was very resilient. I said, boy, I got to disagree with that. I think this team has shown resiliency on a number of occasions this year. Both of the wins in the Bahamas, they showed it. Yeah. I think they they showed it um, in some tough games in Big Ten play. Even in the loss against Illinois, I think they showed it. Mm -hmm. So I, I... they had a very bad day in that regard on Saturday, but it was yeah. one day. I expect that they are going to respond to that appropriately in this game. Um, if I'm Wisconsin, I'm Greg Gard. I'm probably not thrilled that that game went down the way it did against Rutgers. Yeah. Because I, I would expect it would be very unusual for Michigan State to not respond positively to that. mm mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well, this one's uh, 7 o'clock Tuesday, uh, Big Ten Network. Any final thoughts heading heading into this one?
0: Another big week, you know, this time you got two home games. So you got this one, and then on the weekend you got Indiana. Those are games, I mean, you want to be in this thing, you got to win them. Yeah. Period. Period. You know, you can – you can to some extent write off the Rutgers loss because it came on the road. It's one you would have liked to have had, but it's not the end of the world, mm-hmm. but these home games, you got to get them Yeah, because there are bigger challenges. I think, I think the Purdue and Illinois visits to the Breslin are the ones that you really, really worry about. Like, okay, those are home games where you are going to be challenged. You know, these are home games against good opponents but these are teams you ought to beat at home mm. if you're good if you're a good basketball team i'm not even saying if you're a great basketball if you're a good basketball team these are games you ought to find a way to win so they they matter a lot
1: mm. okay well we'll get the uh, gamer up after that one until then the final four is not on the schedule <laughs>